and welcome to the Hibri Media Podcast. I am telling you that the beauty industry is bad, or am I? And I'm joined by the only podcast that has so many triangles. Welcome. <laughs> we have triangles. <laughs> so of, many triangles. I'm, I'm made of a tri- I'm made of millions triangles. of triangles. They're the, the weird culty shape. Yeah. Um, Ooh, I mean, didn't, spooky. Didn't, didn't the Pythagoreans want to fuck triangles or something? I mean, it's it's difficult. But um, yeah, we have a tender subject. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and not Frank because it has cannibalism in it. And that's that's too spooky. And, and it's scary. That's yeah, why that's Frank's fun. not here. Totally we love you, Frank. We Frank, love come back Frank. on to talk about manifestos with us. Yeah. But it is the... Oh, fuck. That was the intro. No, never mind. One take. So... <laughs> Wait, I want to hear the other intro. No, yeah, it must be a stupid uh, Nightmare Before Christmas reference because it's October. So it's, oh, it's okay. fine. This is better. So, yeah. <laughs> I was also, also going to do, like, I'm the third tertiary triangle i want to make like a triple triangle joke. oh yeah like it's fine the, don't worry uh there's lots of triangles in this movie so. it's so many yeah, triangles in this movie the, but then the mother the virgin the crone yeah yeah it's witch it's witch shit you know witch shit Suspiria, right maybe even god jesus the holy spirit <laughs> so make yeah, a triangle we're, we're talking about uh neon demon a movie of 2016 that is part of a very, well, let's just say, uh, debated uh, category of movies. And uh, it has cannibalism in it. So that's, once again, why Frank is not here. And that's why I was like, <laughs> oh, that's a, mo- that's a nice uh, invite for uh, Tender Subject. It's an yeah. easy one. Just get might... us in. Yeah, like, yeah. Get, get, get him, get him. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, once again, it was a nice opening to, like, to get Tender Subject on here, since I've been on Tender Subject. Uh, talking about Hannibal and Frank yeah. has been on tender subject talking about cannibalism culturally, cultural cannibalism. Yeah, yeah. The cannibal yeah. manifesto. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, all that kind of stuff. I was like, well, it's spooky month. So let's get like this podcast. Yeah. And the Put other us one. in your mouth. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We're we're the we're here to get fucked up, folks. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so a Neon Demon, once again, it's a movie about well, what is it about? Fashion. That is neon. Yeah. And it's bad, actually. It, yeah. Beauty and is bad. Models yeah. are <laughs> oppressed. Oh, yeah. And, well, wow. once again, designers like... are assholes. <laughs> <laughs> this is just spooky showgirls. Oh, yeah. It totally is. is. It's, it's all about Eve and showgirls with cannibalism, yeah. which, like, yeah, showgirls just... with cannibalism. Sounds like an incredible Hoven, call me. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so once again, this movie uh, deals with a bunch of things. It has like, it talks about a, a young girl coming to town, which is like as cliche as you can get, and trying to get into, into the beauty industry, model industry, what have you. And things take a very interesting turn from there, or do they? <laughs> Anyway, that's what we're going to be talking about. <laughs> yes. Yay. So this director is also a director that did Drive. You might That's a more popular movie because um, men with identity issues fucking love that movie. So fucking I mean, much. the scorpion jacket is cool. <laughs> I was I've actually literally... never seen it. I feel like I should have watched it also for this, but 
it's um, fine. It's, yeah, yeah. Ryan Gosling heard... is hot and drives around. Yeah, I mean that's. Scorpion Jack. I feel like I'll get. <laughs> it's one of those movies that I'll get to eventually, like that kind of movie. But like this director, um, Nicholas Winding Refn. <laughs> Here's yeah. the jacket for. Uh, <laughs> he is. Um, <laughs> I feel like he's given it. a lot of credit as an auteur. Which yeah. I don't know if he entirely deserves. <laughs> it's like he has a what? big ego for a director that is, I think, kind of mid. Oh yeah, I don't know. Auteur yeah. theory bullshit, bad one. Yeah, but also he does have a very distinct style, which right. I think could maybe lead us into a common criticism of this film and I think a wider discussion in general is that like um, this film and basically any other film he's even like looked at gets style over substance Mm -hmm. like lobbed at it as like the first point of attack often. Um, So what do we like think about that maybe? I think that like when uh, that, well, I have the strong suspicion when that is said that we are trying to do criticism on easy mode, so to speak. We yeah. are, like, when we say this, oh, style for substance, which is a thing you can say. It is a thing you can point out, and it can, if you, like, address it properly and construct your critique properly, can be something worthwhile saying over the movie. I just feel like um, that's style for substance, and that's, like, not meant to engage in any worthwhile critique, rather to just dismiss anything, because I don't want to think too deeply about the style, because it makes my brain hurt. Or something like that. Like, I'm sorry to be dismissive here, but otherwise I'll, I'll go on for too long. But um, yeah, no, I, I, I do find that... Because once again, I do agree with, with Jay, like that style is substance. So, but if you like... But it's, it can't be used as a crutch. And when we use it as a crutch, then that's, that's not a good foundation for anything, really. So uh, that, that is the dynamic I'm, I'm engaging with. Yeah, um... like... I think style is substance and people who don't see that don't whatever. But I think um, you can fail at like, like I'm not here for like authorial intent, but if like, if a movie's trying to do something, right. Mm -hmm. Is it succeeding at that? And if it's trying to do something with its style, is it succeeding at doing that? Is the style is the substance that the style is trying to like accomplish? Like, working is is um is the style getting through is it like being an effective metaphor or being effective atmosphere or narrative technique or whatever um i think he's mid at doing that he looks cool and if you like listening to like (laughs) 80s synth wave (laughs) which i do yeah i do yeah like I, i like i like the aesthetics yeah kate you were gonna say something oh yeah i mean i think formally a lot of this movie is is really gorgeous style is definitely substance and like i think you're right that like the substance of it is it's one of those it's i was thinking about this a lot because this is a movie about where he's like critiquing an extremely vapid industry or an interest industry he perceives as vapid and then his movie is kind of as vapid as the industry is that he's critiquing and the so problem is part- that he probably thinks that's super deep or something. I know. Like, and I'm like, purpose, there's something. In- yeah, like there's something kind of <laughs> interesting about it, but it doesn't like get any further. Like I, I don't mind that like 
you know, the main character, Jesse, kind of has, like, no personality and that she's just yeah. sort of, like, a cipher. Like, I don't mind that. I think that's fine. That um, could be an interesting, like, character of like why is she like that like because right. of the way that like pretty girls are often treated to like have all the personality just like siphoned out of them in order to be what she is right right yeah, yeah. um i think it's just like and you know he is one of those people who again like fuck authorial intent but like <laughs> he's one of those people who tries to like he's very coy about like what movies mean um which only I, David Lynch is good at that. I think like. I was gonna say only one director can get away with that, I think. Um, and he's still alive and making work, so like everyone else needs to come up with a concept. <laughs> um like you need to be able to conceptually like back up your work. And if you're just kind of like, I don't know, is it about anything? Yeah. Wink, like you didn't put enough thought into the piece that you made, I think. I think it's also really right. tried. Like it has been done before so many times. And once again, lo loving up a question, that's cool. It's mm -hmm. just, please then at least understand why are you, why are you doing this? Like what you said, I think it should be the bare minimum for, for like movie makers. It's like, you know, if you want to make a thing by all means, like, let's just like, at least tell me why you're making, why is this, why is this important to you? Why do you want to do this? And yeah. I think that's sadly the bare minimum. I had um, to defend my friggin' thesis. I feel like people should have <laughs> to defend too. their work. Right? And, like, you can leave things, like, up to interpretation. Oh, totally. Yeah. While still being, and like, and still being able to, like, talk about your fucking movie. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, when it starts to feeling like, oh, I'm dodging meaningfulness, that's usually, like, you know, like, that's things get worse from there. That's That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I think some of the most interesting parts of this movie are like the formalism. Mm -hmm. It'd be nice to talk about it. I mean, I think one thing I really love is all of the like expanses of space. Yes. Like the um, just like these white, huge spaces, um, particularly like the like bit world's biggest white seamless that Jesse is on like when she goes to like the um the photographer who covers her in gold mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> which i love um, that scene it's great. it's a beautiful scene it's also yeah. like problematic in a million ways but it's gorgeous and it's like is yeah. it bad is it good why is it sexy but also not okay well, she um, was 16 when they filmed that scene, um, which is why there's no nudity in that. Right. Yeah. yeah. So one thing I guess about also, yeah, that we should talk about is. Um, wait, is it Dakota or L? L. Thank you. It's L. <laughs> so L yeah. Fanning plays a model who is who has just turned 16. You know, in typical like model world, like she's supposed to just lie and say that she's nineteen, so she can kind of like skirt all of the because uh, eighteen is like too on the nose legal shit. Yeah, eighteen is too on the nose, so they're like, just say you're nineteen, which is funny because does that become the new on the nose? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that she's like doing, and there's a lot of desire of her that is like a little like. It makes you nervous throughout the movie, I think, because you're like, she is so young. 
but like this is so normal mm-hmm. you yeah, know it's, it's so condoned within that industry that we all kind of know is operating on some very shady shit and, yeah. Uh, yeah but we're like yeah but, but but look at how fancy they are like it can't be that bad right like it's you know um i i did like some very minor uh for a very short time in my life i did like did some uh i don't know if necessarily the word advocacy work uh covers it entirely i'm sorry for it it's like some helping out with organization and advocacy work for like sex workers for a while in here in here in my country and the uh perception that people have for like uh like well i don't know if brothels is the right word still but like houses where whores are um <laughs> like where prostitutes are and that's like, where they themselves call themselves are. uh they like took uh like off- yeah. not, not offense to the word prostitute because they wanted to pay that shock value to use the word whore because yeah. it draws people's attention and so that's why i said whorehouse not because i'm like obviously not yeah. condescending <laughs> towards sex workers here but i do want to um, watch best little whorehouse in te- texas now, <laughs> which is a great movie. <laughs> but the the perception of like oh if the if the house where the horse are in is fancy then people are like well it can't be that bad like and i'm like that doesn't mean anything or people in fancy houses can be just as treated poorly as people who are working on the street and like this this perception of that the average person has like well this uh this this very fancy established thing it is it works as a sanitizer for like mm-hmm. horrendously immoral shit um <laughs> once again i'm I'm not anti-sex work in some in some way that like uh, like some weird leftists are. I have to say, but once again, I am very very uh, critique much critiquing like the industry that we currently have now. And the same mm-hmm. goes for like beauty industry and like model industry. And I mean again, that critique was like um, oh sorry Leon no 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 go ahead sorry. Uh, t- during the writer strike and the ongoing actor strike in the United States, a lo- I've seen a lot of people, including on the left, be like, "Ah, fuck them! They're f- fancy, cushy actors and yeah. writers. You know, they're oh, yeah. they're not actually laborers or anything." Ignoring that most they're of these no people, working class, actually, uh, actually, all of us are working class unless we control capital, like or or yeah. petty bourgeois. You know, mm-hmm. like they, a lot of them make less than twenty k a year um they yeah just just because something is like a gilded lily like just because something is like kind of glamorous on its face doesn't mean that the working conditions are actually uh good right and i think that that was one thing i actually liked about this movie yeah that you don't see you see all these people who are living this fancy life but have like no access to the capital at all like they Mm -hmm. they you know live in cd motels they house it for fancy people um you know their dinners are bought for them uh their clothes are borrowed or bought or whatever for them you know like you never see um any of them kind of like rise out of i mean you know out of like the precarity that i feel like they're kind of in um Mm -hmm. You know, and I mean, it's kind of similar to like how we treat famous sports people, you know, like, again, it's like, you know, oh, they make way too much money. And it's like, well, their careers are really short and we're basically killing them for our like entertainment. (laughs) You know, like that's not. That's their retirement money. Yeah. Like they need that money basically to like fix themselves when we're done, like 
ripping them apart and like you know i'm sure it's kind of similar for models like oh yeah you know they have to starve themselves and get plastic surgery and look absolutely perfect and like what does that look like when you're 45 years old or whatever you know like there are models that have come out now you know who are like this plastic surgery I got is like debilitating or like this happened and you know like I was sexually abused all of the time and you know like what's it worth really so I guess that is one thing that this movie does a pretty decent job of of portraying is that like you know you never see Jesse like move out of the hotel no you know like she still lives in this incredibly shitty crumbling like unsafe motel very unsafe yeah. and then she like the place that she leaves like when she leaves she goes to her quote unquote friends also like precarious home situation like do we see yeah. any of these people actually making money no we never see them like getting a check and like spending their own money they're just like you know hovering around hoping that someone like takes yeah. them out to dinner <laughs> you know? just like exist yeah. yeah yeah and i think that's once again that's exactly the reason why i don't hate this movie yeah it's, because mm. it's not celebrating the the triumph over abject property that we see in like when it's addressed the these issues with like institutions and industries like for instance once again the model industry the beauty industry and so forth and so on when those type of like entertainment movies series whatever or documentaries even are made it is consumed as, and I, I really hate this term, but for for lack of a better one, um, it's it's consumed as poverty porn, like how mm. a lot of people are describing it. I, once again, I don't like that term, but that's not a handle there. Um, this, <laughs> sadly, a lot of people are calling it on the internet, so just for recognizability, mm. I'm using it. But uh, don't worry about that. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it's it's always celebrated as like that, and it it gets like an extra like nice sauce over it with like. Also, women suffering, which is always a popular genre. Like, yeah, oh, look at how poor we treat women poorly. And, oh, is this going to affect any change? No, it's it's actually going to go into the pockets of the shareholders that are friends with people who are shareholders in the beauty industry. Anyway, don't worry about that. It's just, anyway, don't you want to, like, you know, like, watch this movie about, like, <laughs> girl bossing and building her empire? Isn't that, <laughs> like, isn't that it? Anyway, yeah. Yeah. Like, and then girls like Jesse just disappear, like you know they're con- consumed, yeah. literally, hey. or or figuratively, <laughs> they disappear. And there's another one in her place because like Jesse isn't a real person to any of these people. She is a like, um, oh my goodness, she is a, uh, oh what is the, oh an object cause of desire. Yes. <laughs> You know, I was, like I'm so happy you brought it up because I was gonna, I was gonna say it, but come on. yeah, yeah, she's the pretentious one finally. Oh, Lacan <laughs> alert! <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is like a very this is a movie Lacan. that like you you need to talk about Lacan because there's fucking mirrors everywhere. <laughs> wow, mirrors it's almost as if it's like <laughs> surveillance panopticon. Yeah, yeah. Know, oh. Your appearance being, yeah, yeah. No, uh, in the little piece about, because um, we'll get into it, about why the lesbian necrophilia scene is good, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Which I want to talk about so much. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, but it uh, that, that piece talks about how like the, the mirrors everywhere create like a panopticon where even if they aren't 
aren't being actively surveilled by men it's forcing them to like actively surveil each other like prisoners in a panopticon yeah right was that in the medium piece i think so yeah the um by eliza chavez yeah that was yes a good art yeah highlight. we'll link it in the well oh, wait yeah. this isn't my show oh my god but yeah that you know jesse is like um she's the she's an object that causes desire so yeah, that's why she does this personality right right yeah. and like she has this you know it that like mm-hmm people see and it's really interesting because it's like we're told as the viewers that she has something that like the other two women don't have and it's like one of those things where you're like i guess i just have to believe that and like i (laughs) like innocence because like i like it when models look like aliens i don't know i want them to look fucked up and weird yeah and like i was right but it's interesting though because you start like staring at and like die like i I found myself like dissecting all three women because I was like, what is it that makes Sarah a ghost compared to Jesse, who's got this like, and, and I think the only thing I could think of is that she's just like this shiny new object. She's yeah. innocent. Um, no one's seen her before. And like Sarah is just kind of like, you know has lost her shine has lost her polish like someone in someone was like the older sarah and i was like is she older like maybe <laughs> by a year but i guess in model terms that could that's a, a an eternity yeah the only thing i could think of is that jenna malone did some like lesbian witchcraft to like summon her <laughs> into existence like a fucking tulpa or something maybe so that they could then all eat her and gain her youth powers or whatever can you eat that's a like tulpa only... maybe i don't know that's i don't like the know the only thing i can think of because she's so like i mean l fanning's pretty i guess but like she's not like make the fashion industry fucking shut down gorgeous right like... but like that's kind of part of the interesting <laughs> like i don't know part of me was like that's sort of interesting because it is this like undefinable thing where the industry decides that this thing is it yeah. And everyone else goes, I guess. And then they just buy it, you yeah. know, and then the industry tells you six months later, like, no, no, this is it. Yeah, we call it oh, industry okay. because it starts fabricating. I think that's like usually like it, it will fabricate narrative. It will because it needs to sell, even though it once again, I think that indeed uh, she doesn't look like that spectacular. I don't really <laughs> like feel I'm, I'm one to judge, but. It's maybe that's like done on purpose because like oh well, she she does have a certain vitality to her. Let's mm-hmm. let's I don't know if that's like necessarily the right word, but because she she's glows. new, yeah, she is gorgeous. I mean, I don't think any yeah. one of them is like more or less gorgeous than the other. It's more yeah. that like there's like this untouchable quality that everyone has decided that jesse has yeah because yeah. like most of the time fashion models especially like hokator they look so alien because yeah like, i think like designers want people who like have weird big uh, offset eyes or like really gaunt faces mm-hmm. i mean ignoring all of like the the body issue stuff that happens on like catwalks but like um, a model looking alien 
like that's why people aren't like just standard pretty on catwalks they look like aliens and that's like kind of the point and like she to me is a more standard pretty and where the others look more like aliens right (laughs) like well i mean one of them actually is a model the one that's in mad max fury road she's like yeah abby lee yeah yeah yeah. and and, uh yeah i think that's interesting mainly because it's like uh so (laughs) once again i'm so sorry dear listener i'm probably going to use fashion industry beauty industry and model industry uh, throughout each other as interchangeable. I know they have distinct differences, but uh, given that these, you know, these uh, these industries live right next to each other, I'm sorry. Yeah. So you're gonna have to gonna have to put up with that. I'm so sorry. But um, le- uh, the fashion industry recently, as well, is like showing how fucking weird it is. Like it's we had this whole Balenciaga thing. I don't know if anyone knows about that, but uh, they yeah. put like um, <laughs> okay, well, oh, I know well, all about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, it's. <laughs> So real quick with your listeners, so you don't have to Google it. Um, they put like children in like leather little kink outfits or something for a bit. I believe that was it. Like it was very uncomfortable how they like uh, use stuff that is intrinsically clearly linked to very adult uh, sexual stuff. And they put it like on kids for like a bit, like leather stuff. And like it was clearly like not great. And then you also recently have like this whole uh, debacle at Burberry, who like uh, first was like, oh no, uh, too many working class people are wearing our stuff. That's bad, actually. Um, so we're gonna like redesign our logo. And now recently, they did like this whole campaign about like, oh, uh, we are a kind of working class. Look, we are selling potato chips and ketchup or something. I don't, I don't know, <laughs> but they were. So my point being is that the fashion industry always had a really obscene relationship with the normal. Like, they don't mm. understand it. And I think that works for uh, the main character, Jesse. Like, she is normal and pretty. And that, that to them, like, this kind of thing is unobtainable for them because they have changed so much by being in this industry. They, the object of desire, in this case, I would say, is not exclusively, but definitely filled with a sense of nostalgia and, once again, normalcy functions for them as the weird as like this other like thing now in a sense that they've lost yeah yeah and i th- that think definitely that's also a part of it and once again i think that's something that's interesting um make uh, to make that the main character of your movie i don't think that necessarily works but it, it's clever but clever doesn't always work and i guess that's what we trying kind of said earlier about like how style for substance can work but you do have to understand the style and I think mm-hmm. this choice and this execution of this style, of this desire and so forth and so on, sadly um, limits itself very uh, vehemently. That's, you know. I don't know if Under the Skin came out before or after this, but I feel like this movie is trying to be Under the Skin so bad. Like, I, I feel like... Before. Yeah, three years. This came out before Under the Skin? No, 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 Under the Skin came... No, the other. This is 16. Because Under the Skin also has these, like, you know, Scarlett Johansson's, like, so pretty and, like, seduces, like, people Mm -hmm. so that she can alien vampire them. And, (laughs) like, you know, there's all these, like, beautiful anamorphic shots of, like, big empty spaces and lots of slow-mo synthwave shit. And, like, (laughs) I feel like this is, like, what if... Because, like, I was reading some, like, interviews and stuff with him and he's... And he... uh the director of neon demon was like saying that like by the end of the movie like he wanted it to kind of be science fiction and i'm like were you just trying to make under the skin but uh about fashion 
Um, yeah, it's like, not... I kind of feel that. <laughs> it does not. I don't, I think it has maybe moments where he's like trying to lean into some sort of science fiction, but it's not the triangles. fiction. Yeah. The triangle. Yeah, like, I love the weird <laughs> triangle scene where she goes full narcissus and like kisses yeah. her reflection. With Let's the, like, talk the, about like, that. Cause I remember being, so I saw this movie in theaters when it came out okay. um, and then I forced this movie onto friends uh, because inside there is a good movie in here, but he <laughs> didn't make that movie. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> And like, I remember being in the theater and it was like, I saw like a matinee, right? I was in grad school and I remember it gets to the scene where it's like her walking down like the triangle catwalk Mm -hmm. tunnel where it's like dark and she's got like the bad outfit on uh, and like the big dress and like kisses her reflection. I remember just like, I remember feeling hypnotized and not knowing what was going on because it like kind of comes out of nowhere and I didn't know what was going on. And sometimes it was hard to tell like the boundaries between things on the screen and like mm-hmm. with like the music and everything. So like that seems really effective in a theater. And I was like, Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, the, like he's one of those directors where I feel like the style worked really well in a theater where yeah. it can kind of overwhelm you and hypnotize you. But if you're watching it at home without that, it's kind of like, Okay. Yeah, you're like, this is a nice music video. <laughs> yeah. I'm enjoying this. Like, the imagery is cool. And, like, yes, mm-hmm. there is, like, the Narcissus thing. There's, like, obviously a bunch of Lacan mirror image stuff going on. Um, you know, triangles often symbolize, like, witchcraft and occult shit. Occult yeah. shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and there's like, like obviously she's falling in love with her image and like sort of buy, like, I don't know. Do you think that like that is like the moment where she's sort of like buying into the packaging of herself? No, I think definitely that's, sorry, Jay. Um, it's, no, um, go on, Leon, <laughs> it's, I think that's definitely it. Like I was about, literally about to say like, that scene happens after she gets like the okay as it were from the industry Mm -hmm. to like love herself because she's now desired by this industry because she has worth she has she has worth to be exploited and so forth and so on and i think yeah that that's definitely very interesting sorry to then also make it like foucaultian but uh like big day for bald for balding guys today wow um it's (laughs) For balding Frenchmen, like yeah, we love no. a bald Frenchman. <laughs> we love a bald Frenchman. Just put on some glasses. Yeah, no, it's um, it's uh, but anyway. So, I, there's this very interesting, um, like, <laughs> well, it's it's very interesting notion of biopower, I suppose, in a very abstract, like, um, gratifying this this image of for her womanhood as well i would argue maybe um like because she is self-actualizing as something that is useful to the industry but also because she's so young she is self-actualizing as someone that's now growing up and has worth and having worth is like such a crucial part psychologically speaking to growing up like you kind of really fucked up coming of age movie yeah Yeah, well (laughs) in a way and um sorry jay you, you go on i kind of want to no, no, that was just a stupid joke I was making. Okay. No, but you wanted to say something before I started talking. <laughs> I did, I. Okay, um, well, never. <laughs> you don't have to. I yeah, just wanted to before I, I move on. It's um, Yeah, um, if I did, I don't remember. So go ahead. <laughs> to, to talk about like something uh, that I would love to you guys' opinion on, because 
uh, it's something that I always struggle with, like recognizing and finding things interesting. We uh, very quickly talked before recording about like, oh, bad and good representation. And like, uh, I, <laughs> um, hmm. there are very, very, uh, very varying opinions regarding how mm-hmm. to like depict queer stuff and especially like the bad queer or bad gay stuff, uh, which we see some of in this movie. Um, you guys, uh, which one did we just under skin? We t- yeah, we uh, uh, we talked about under skin earlier. Mm-hmm. To me, uh, for better or for worse, it reminded me of a movie called Jennifer's Body. I don't know. If I guys... love Jennifer's <laughs> Body. I love that movie. So <laughs> best movie ever. Justice for Megan Fox. Yeah. So, um, oh Christ. Um, no, no mind. So that uh, so that element of the. Uh, for lack of a better word, I'm going to call it the predatory lesbian trope mm-hmm. is something that's very often talked about. And I've, I was wondering, how does this fit in this movie according to you guys? What what do you guys think? Sorry to railroad you into No, no. This. <laughs> but I do find it very interesting. Jay, you want to go first? <laughs> yeah. I know you have uh, so much to say. <laughs> I know, I have so much to say um, about everything always. Um, I mean, like, so to give some listeners some like context like when i first saw this movie like when it came out uh i was um that was before i transitioned um so i was a lesbian person when i saw this movie and i remember loving (laughs) how (laughs) fucked up it got because like there's a scene where jenna malone's character she works in a morgue putting makeup on um on the bodies and she has just been rejected she tries to sleep with Jesse and then tries to assault her basically. Um, and in like a moment of like angry, frustrated loneliness, she um, molests uh, the, the corpse of a woman that she's putting makeup on uh, and like, and like, you know, basically just masturbating with the, the corpse. And you don't really see a lot of it. Again, a, a woman was the cinematographer for this movie. And apparently that scene was, had a lot of improvisation in it uh she was just supposed to like kiss her she was just supposed to kiss her and the gin malone was like no uh we're gonna get weird (laughs) and uh i thank you jenna malone i love you so much because i remember watching it and being like oh okay this movie (laughs) is getting fucked up now Mm -hmm. cool it's actually showing the monstrosity of what this industry and like patriarchal beauty standards and the way that like like I, I remember, I, I mean, I still feel this way about my myself now. But I remember be, when I was a lesbian, I very much had this sort of like, I am a a lesbian, therefore all my desire is predatory because men are the ones who ogle at women and objectify them. Yeah. And if I also look at women and find them sexually attractive or whatever, I'm the same way. So therefore, all of my desire is predatory. And so seeing that predation on screen just you know blown up like to the nth degree like as far as it can possibly go um i i I, like i i kind of that scene is like in the in the medium piece that's like why that scene is like the best scene in the movie which that medium piece is correct is like so often men are allowed to do fucked up shit 
yeah. in horror movies. And we're like, yeah, be fucked up. You know, that's that's so twisted and fucked up, dog. But women aren't <laughs> queer people, aren't queer women, aren't um, like queer women and queer people and women like aren't allowed to be monstrous in a way that isn't for the audience and like the the point that this piece is making is that like we don't really see a lot of what's going on in the scene jenna malone remains clothed during it like her body isn't on display to be like consumed and ogled by an audience mm-hmm. it's a purely like selfish monstrosity that you don't get to see a lot um in horror from women or from queer people or from queer women so like i'm all for queer monsters and like i think the solution to bad representation isn't to stop making queer villains it's to have more people who aren't queer villains alongside queer villains yeah yeah in media i think think... oh sorry oh no i was gonna say i think that like i agree with that that like um you know if in the greater world queer people are already perceived as monstrous in some way you know because we're we're not you know like procreating and making perfect little nuclear families then like to to then be like well we can't have a queer monster in a movie is also is kind of like buying into that bullshit you know like you're saying like oh queer people are already kind of monstrous so like we can't make it worse you know it's like i think it's a very kind of like silly way of like dealing with identity politics yeah i think people you'll be surprised how often this fucking happens, but people are always so eager to force false binaries onto things. Mm-hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. like, Oh, this bad or good. And actually, if you support anything in the bad category, that is problematic. And it's like <laughs> as, as seriously as I take these problematic issues and as aware as, a, as I am of their psychological impact and their sociological impact, which I always take seriously, but it's, uh, <laughs> We, we we can make a thing better. We can rehabilitate a thing. We can reiterate a thing. Like it's such nonsense to like toss it in like a bin like bad. Like I labeled this bad, therefore we should not touch the bin. Actually, if you even look at the bin, that's kind of bad, actually. That's the anyway. So if you acknowledge <laughs> that the bin exists. There you um, yeah. The bin is not in the room with us, actually, saying that it is <laughs> no but <laughs> I think it's also just like a failure of criticism that, you know, people just kind of like look at the surface of a movie and just say like queer person doing bad thing equals bad representation, you know, like that's not what that is. Um, Wait, the Julia Kristeva alarm is going to go off, but like, (laughs) oh you know, I think that like the monstrous feminine like you know we which is like the abject is um often like according to like Kristeva is a is an opening for like revolutionary potential you know that like it's like breaking with our like what we consider to be like normal boundaries yeah and these normal boundaries okay sorry Jake one no, go ahead, Leon. <laughs> no, but these uh, normal boundaries, indeed. Like when, 
when we enter the world uh, of normal and normality, I feel like we already like failed ourselves a little bit. Yeah. And I never really understood this, the the segment within queer society to be normal and to be accepted Mm -hmm. by, like this has never worked out. I'm so sorry. Like, I understand where you're coming from and I want to be empathetic, but I have to be like a bit of an asshole and say, hey, please know the history behind these things. Like normalization has never worked. And well, it has worked, but not in a positive way. It it has only like made us less, I feel. I feel quite strongly about that, but you know. So, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, like what I was going to say was that like um, with like the like queer villains and like the monstrous feminine, it's like, I feel like that forces us to then think through like, okay, if they're being monstrous, but like, who's the actual, who's the actual monster here? I mean, in, in this instance, I, I, you know, she's very monstrous. She's not doing great shit, but like often like <laughs> queer villains, it's like, let him cook. He's got a point, you know, like sometimes <laughs> like, and so it reminds me of um like with abjection and like challenging like these categories and what does this even mean and everything. It reminds me a lot of, um, uh this little pamphlet by Kropotkin uh mm. <laughs> called on order <laughs> mm-hmm. where it talks about like the 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 name anarchist and like anarchy and what that means and how that wasn't originally what the movement was called and they were trying to throw that off but now it's like well what if we embrace being what disorder is because what is order order is you know the majority of people uh working just to feed the one percent order is them slaughtering the paris commune order is all of these other horrible things so why would we want order yeah right that like disorder like disrupt these kinds of things and like that's very much with like queer villains when done really well and like abjection and monstrous feminine i feel like it blows apart like normal's not good actually like let's blow apart what normal means and actually then look at other things and i feel like horror is such a good way to make people start having that like mental shift yeah yeah and i think like (laughs) what people you know like on the surface will read is like oh you know um hey jay and leon and kate are saying that necrophilia is good (laughs) (laughs) you know like that's not no we're saying cannibalism is good yeah yeah yeah. no but like that's not it like you have to get below the surface of that you know it's a fucking movie it's a movie movies are a collection of images and like you know allusions to other things and like um there's a reason why every film person fucking loves lacan because it's all like psychoanalytical Precisely. It's like they want like to go back to this like conception of movies where there were title cards like holding up this means this. And <laughs> yeah. this means that like this black and white text and like this piano playing in the background, like like oh I need it spoon fed to me. Like I, I they almost want like one of those they terrible want Adorno YouTube... shit. <laughs> yeah, though they almost want this terrible YouTube video ending explained. There's playing <laughs> during the movie. Like, like, oh, I need it. I need it to make sense to me. I don't want to be upset. I don't want to deal with these feelings. Like, oh no, a piece of art is making me feel stuff. Oh no, I'm feeling uncomfortable. Oh, I have to use my brain now. Fuck. And that's like, ah, uh, no, no worries if you like want to watch something simple. I'm not saying you're a bad person because of that. Not yet, but it's um, <laughs> it might, I might one day. But uh, if that's all you consume, if you, if you like have such a boring passive relationship with media and art. 
I, I I really don't know what to say to be honest to that. Um, it's, I, consider anything else. <laughs> like anything but anything that, please. Else. Like anything. yeah, like the 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 medium piece talks about how like this film depicting cannibalism and necrophilia and misogyny and even um, pedophilic rape and all of the this film depicting that is not in and of itself misogynist or bad or anything films are allowed to depict things even like a straight man i think i think he's straight no, um, no. he's like married to a woman i might be doing a bio erasure i'm sorry um, but, <laughs> no fire. It, <laughs> oh god uh, but like you know the just the just because like a quote man who you know, directed this and was one of the three screenwriters like and depicted all those things that doesn't mean in and of itself that this film is i don't want to say oh just because it's depicting it doesn't mean it's advocating it because i also don't really like that as an argument like well it's advocating for this or it's not advocating for it because it's like that's a slippery slope yeah but like just because (laughs) but just because the film depicts these things doesn't mean that it's doing those things yeah i think the saving grace of this movie is once again uh is like a beauty industry model industry bad uh, because that's the axis that this movie operates on. It is the mm-hmm. uh, it is what probably been within the context of this movie made the Jenna Malone. Uh, was that her name? Mm-hmm. Uh, who plays the the lesbian? The makeup, yeah, yeah the makeup, yeah. Girl. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, um, like it, it's probably what made her bad because we see this industry. Everybody that enters it is fundamentally changed, and yeah. like is then like you know. Uh, reordered in, or reconstituted in such a way that they then do that type of shit. Like, they wouldn't be cannibals if they weren't operating in an industry. So this industry, mm-hmm. and once again, that's the saving grace of this movie for me, like, they, uh, they at least <laughs> understands the very basic reality that, like, these material conditions within large, multi-billion dollar industries have on quote-unquote normal people. I know that's contradictory to what I just said, but, like, <laughs> average people, like, whatever. And you know, I think that that uh, that facilitates this um, non-promotional <laughs> necrophilia, which is the things I thought I would never say. But uh, yeah, no, it, it is not trying to condone it. It's very purposefully saying, like, look, she she is eating other people now, and she's like, like, like making out with them and have like saliva everywhere oh, uh, I, because of the beauty industry. That and was a, of, that part was hot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunately hot. <laughs> well i think that's yeah. like the sometimes yeah. and i'm gonna gonna go into very thin ice here but sometimes things that are expensive are worse now sometimes <laughs> um, <laughs> things that are like sadly eventually problematic can be hot as yeah you're yeah. allowed to watch transgressive bad thi- yeah. quote-unquote bad sure things do. and get turned it's... on by them that's not a problem well they use that hotness especially yeah. because to like once mm-hmm. again make you feel something that's I, I, I hate this sentiment but uh, mostly I would argue that art should make you feel something that's kind of what makes art art I don't think art is when you feel but it is it is a very crucial element of art I would argue that's why I don't have an issue with the uh, necrophiliac and then like all the other unfortunate things because it's yeah. the evil industry that makes people do this and it's not an yeah. indictment of, at least that's how, not how I read it. It's not an indictment of 
like lesbians <laughs> in general, yeah, or, no. or queer people. <laughs> and once again, we can we still we all should acknowledge that yes, the predatory lesbian has its origins by uh, men that created that trope, and like you know, we can be honest about that. We don't mm-hmm. have to like reject wholeheartedly this whole premise of like, oh well, uh, queers are never allowed to do bad stuff, actually. God forbid women do anything. Yeah, yeah, really. God forbid women have a hobby like necrophilia. <laughs> you know. Um, should we get into like the like when this movie like truly turns? Yeah. Yeah, are since we are the cannibalism podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like um imagine my delight when I was in the theater watching this and it's like all right we've already got some like fucked up necrophilia all right this movie's finally doing something yeah oh shit they're fucking eating her now cool like uh, my little i was not expecting this movie to go there me neither expecting to be just like weird and psychological and then surprise (laughs) it turns into their their cannibals uh at the end and it's like something we talk a lot about on tinder subject is that like things can be metaphorical but also it's still cannibalism yeah. right mm-hmm. and people just like i feel like a mistake would be to talk about the cannibalism in this movie purely through what it represents yeah um and like oh, yeah because they're actually them cannibals. eating each other because <laughs> of the industry and like it shows how people in the industry eat each other Blah. like you know it's you could talk about it as a metaphorical thing but what what if we didn't, right? Like, what if we took it seriously with what it's depicting? Yeah, well, I think that the point is that, like, yeah, it, it might be a metaphor, but this metaphor is not just a metaphor as in it's not real. The damage that is done to young women is very real and can be as painful, probably not really, but it can leave, <laughs> like, scars and it can fragment you, much like if somebody, like, you know, eats your eyeball or throws it up and then the other girl eats the eyeball, whatever. I'm, I don't discriminate. But um, it's I do love the scene where the eyeball is coughed up and it's like, are you going to eat that? You, <laughs> there's this question like, are, are you, am I, am I, who's get the eyeballs? And that's like, yeah, um, it was like, who, the, is it like the one who gets the eyeball at the end wins? Yeah. <laughs> See what the eyeball reminds me of is the fucking, um, the weird little, brooch pin in velvet goldmine like whoever has that oh, yeah. like, is like the pop oh, yeah. star or whatever yeah. it's like whoever has the eyeball <laughs> you gotta get the eyeballs has all the um, beauty and power and it's forever. like it was yeah it's like was Gigi not <laughs> she was not the right vessel for the eyeball yeah, Sarah's but, the right vessel for the eyeball which they are presented as a team right like yeah like which they makes all, me, and they were like showering, you know, showering together with the blood. Yeah, and everything. yeah. Which yeah, makes and... me think, like, so there were there are some uh, critics who think of this as like a fairy tale. Mm. Okay. And if you think of it as a fairy tale, you know, it's sort of like the Cinderella kind of like the gru- the gruesome Cinderella story, um, like the real like grim stuff literally grim <laughs> um that's where the word know, comes from <laughs> yeah where it's like uh you know instead of people like in disney you know when they're trying on like cinderella's slipper like the stepsisters like cut off their like the heel of their foot so that they can like fit into the shoe like it's not yeah. like pretty stuff um 
but there is something i don't know i i don't necessarily like have to believe that this is a fairy tale but there's something about it that's kind of interesting thinking of it in that way yeah, you know that... especially if you view jenna malone as like this weird like witch character yeah you know yeah she is very interesting because once again to me the ending means that like uh the uh abby lee kershaw character i forgot her name the one that doesn't cough up the eyeball um sarah yeah she's probably gonna eat the other blonde girl that like because once again she is showing weakness now and like it's probably not ideal and so forth and so on and like that's it that's what that communicated to me that it is like you know like all corrosive and, and bad industries uh that that's that that's gonna like you know be the necessary uh like unavoidable ending to that dynamic that they have going on but then the jenna uh uh the uh, makeup girl she's then i i do admit occupies this very weird space where she has uh, foots in both worlds both inside and out as a mortician mm-hmm. person and as a uh once again in the beauty industry she's like indeed like an evil witch that kind of runs this show sure she has the house as well which is very interesting uh, but it's not her again, house that's it or is yeah. it it's not well, her house she's, right she's house functionally <laughs> but right. also like um oh no it's a different house i'm thinking of at the end never mind continue once again, I don't think this is necessarily treated very well by the director. So whatever opinion you have, it's fine. But like, right. I, I, I do find it very interesting that she is at least the one that like designates who enters the house and who doesn't. Yeah. She wants to get like the girl inside the house, which I don't, I don't know if this is an inappropriate question, but I wonder if she was okay with like them having sex because she tries to like get it on with uh, uh, the uh, young girl, uh, the main Jessie. character. Yes, sorry, thank you so much. And I wonder, like, would she have eaten her right away if if she did, like, the whole... Uh, if she had sex with her because that's what she wanted? Because, once again, she is an object of desire in so many different ways, mm. which is exactly what uh, what this what these industries drive on. Like, both men who look at women and uh, models and like, oh, she's hot or whatever. And also women looking at other women like, oh, I wish I was saying that women can't look at other women saying that that's also hot or whatever. But uh, but mainly from a sadly heteronormative perspective, I'm so sorry. They look at, at, at other women as an object of desire like, oh, I wish my body looked like that and so forth and so on. And That's I a wonder, good question. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> wonder, because like I feel like part of one of the things I don't like about the way jesse is taken care of is like (laughs) it's like uh for um jenna malone's what's her name in the movie jenna malone's character i can't remember ruby okay um for ruby it's like uh it becomes this kind of like uh revenge for you know like jesse not fucking her which i don't particularly enjoy um i feel like there's there's something that's like a little bit icky about like jesse sort of like the even the implication that jesse is sort of asking for it um whereas i feel like with the other two, it's like they they just want 
what Jesse has for their. Yeah. Ruby wants what Jesse has to be with her, which I don't know why feels more icky. <laughs> I think it just feels like it's like maybe. I mean, the assault is like it's pretty intense. And again, it's another thing where like, you know, you don't get to see women assaulting other women in movies very often and i don't know how people look at like i feel like people look at them often like that's not a thing that actually happens in real life and it is yeah yeah i don't know yeah no that that, indeed i once again the problem here is that that this is such a short part of the movie when it's such an intricate and deep problem yeah maybe that's it it's like the last like uh 20 minutes of the movie (laughs) and it's like there's so much in there that like i don't think he gives enough time to it the shifting of gears goes like from two to six like it's just yeah like i like that it starts off like slow and weird but like i feel like if this movie leaned into being more fucked up it would fix a lot of its problems (laughs) uh, yeah it is obscured by the fact that i feel bad saying this now especially after what we just talked about, but she's not a good person. Um, she is, like, not kind. She's not, uh, like, you know... She, she doesn't deserve what's happening to her, obviously. But it's... She... <laughs> in, in <laughs> Sorry, I find this scene so comical, and I probably shouldn't, but um, I find this opening scene where she's at the party, the excessive mm-hmm. neon party, where she, like, you know, uh, you see this, like, uh, like this... this, this iteration of sisterhood like oh you're new to town let us you know yeah like women sticking together and like oh that's nice that's good they should definitely do that <laughs> and then <laughs> she's like oh i and, and the Gigi girl was like oh i had worked on and jesse is just like <laughs> so mean like oh why would you be happy about not like hmm personally i don't feel comfortable with that but it works for you. Like, you yeah. know, where, where is this, like, even attempt at being nice? And Gigi goes, I heard your parents are dead. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I I don't know how to feel about it. Because I, I, once again, I have women, I heard women talk like that to each other a little bit. But it is, once again, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how to feel. I find it funny because it is so abrupt and weird she she's not like great to her uh par- partner either i've got her, the guy who photographs her in the beginning oh yeah uh, but also like he he's dating a 16 year old yeah i just uh, am like whatever i don't care if she's nice to him it's dean <laughs> by carl glossman uh, yeah it, it's he is like saying like oh hey uh which is interesting because he's like, oh, don't do this beauty uh, industry stuff. Like, clearly these people are weird because they hang out this cafe with, like, this uh, this photo shoot guy. Uh, not a creepy, gaunty guy, but, like, the weird European guy uh, who, like, <laughs> like talks down to, like, the women that, like... The uh, fashion designer? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. He's, like, uh, they're hanging out doing fuck all, by the way, in, like, some kind of restaurant. And the uh, Dean guy's like, hey... I'm getting out of here because it's like fucking boring in here or whatever. And this industry is weird. You shouldn't want to do this. And it's very interesting that like her only uh, uh, escape line, so to speak, from this industry that we are 
encroachingly feeling more and more uncomfortable with is a guy that kind of just wants her for herself. Yeah, a guy who is dating a person who is 16. Yeah. And you're like, we're supposed to believe that he's the good guy? Yeah, he's, once again, he's the one that photographs her first. This has, like, oh, Christ, I know so many boyfriends like this, Um, who, like, photographs her first and, like, hmm, this is leading into some stuff. Oh, she's successful, getting successful. Yeah. I have to share her now. Not even in a direct sexual way, in, like, a cool polyamory way. But, like, in, like, this lame, like, oh, other men get to talk about her and talk about her body. And I am not comfortable with this. And, like, oh, this is an unforeseen consequence that there's any person can see if they just look a little bit further ahead. But that's not in there. But, but that's very depressing. because But it is, I would say, accurate up to a point. Like, yeah, if you don't do this thing that you have now designated your life to do, the beauty industry, that is, uh, in this, once again, I have to make it anti-capitalist, uh, there's no refuge in any other, like, there's no transitional skills here. There's, there's You can only do this. And the only other refuge is like, well, having a partner that then takes care of you or whatever. This is a dynamic that's forced upon women, like, obviously quite a lot. And it's very sad that then her only, once again, her only rescue would be a guy that's probably not good to her. He's he's depicted as some, like, kinder than the other people in the industry. But he's not a good guy, I would argue. He's not Keanu Reeves, but, you know. (laughs) He's still not great. Yeah, like, I think the way that this film depicts the ways that women um, are also awful to each other, like, I, that's part of where its commentary fails, because, yes, women are awful to each other. Everyone's awful to everybody. That's a a thing, and it's, (laughs) uh, I think, also misogynistic to pretend that women are just you know creatures yeah yeah Um, and like this movie almost like it's like yeah beauty industry bad look at what it does to people but like i don't know if it's making the connection between like these people are awful to each other in the system because of the system and instead it's just like well she's just so beauty and beauty does that to people and like it's the beauty that's driving everyone crazy and not the like system system of capital of capitalism right because it's like the two the two models are cannibalistic and mean and catty and and all this stuff not because like yeah they want what she's got but because they need jobs Right, and, and they like they've made their whole life their job, and they can't separate those things. And it's like they're workers who are being fucked over, um, in a way. Yeah, right? and I mean, and Jesse I, I says the that's not her... making that connection. Yeah, yeah. Jesse says that's like her only, like, skill is being beautiful. That I can make money off pretty. Like she can make money off yes. of pretty. She doesn't have anything else, and so if someone is preventing you from like making your living you know you're gonna go after them because right there's only so many job openings in modeling or there's only one there's only so many potentials to be like famous in modeling and like look at how many times like 
we watch like one model get picked over another and what that feels like to that person like in the movie you know like even at the Mm -hmm. end sarah's just sitting around and it's like we're supposed to believe you know sarah's sitting around like waiting for her friend and she looks so great because she just ate (laughs) jesse you know that like (laughs) now the photographer looks at her differently and is like whoa you're not a ghost anymore you're a real person get in this uh you know get in this photo shoot you you you're fired you know and then like 20 minutes later Gigi throws up and like rips herself apart and it's just you know so like yeah what happens what do we think happens to Sarah like Gigi needed to get Jesse out of her like is there a reason why she did and why Sarah didn't or like will Sarah will that happen to Sarah also I mean, I think then that, like, you know, Sarah is just the stronger, quote for lack of a better word, uh, cannibal model person. <laughs> uh, Why? Like, like, you know, she's just... Well, she's not had work done as much as Gigi has. Yeah, so she... Like, Gigi keeps having to do, have work done and do right. all these things just to fit the standard, whereas Gigi is at it more naturally. She just had it in a different way than Jessica. Right. So are we supposed to believe that, like... I don't know. I do actually think also, like, the more I think about that, the more I don't like the implication, I think, in this movie that, like, surgery or, like, quote, like, beauty attained, quote, unquote, unnaturally is, like, deficient beauty. Right. Um, Yes. You know, there's something about that that's pretty fucked up. Yeah. Well, and also, so during that like final scene, um, there are uh, swastikas in the wallpaper. Yeah. Really? Oh, I didn't notice <laughs> yeah. that I, at all. I, uh, yeah. I thought I pointed that out, right? Or did? Oh I? my god! Yeah. Yeah. I think we noticed that together, Leon. Yeah. We were like, when we watched it, we were like, "Are those are swastikas?" Those swastikas? <laughs> um, and so it's like, is it another thing of like the movie is depicting? you know oh the this industry if you don't have it naturally it's never going to be as good as those who do yeah and like is the movie say agreeing with that or is the movie depicting that that is also fucked up because it's like that's tied to a lot of like fucked up like white supremacist yeah yeah Yeah. oh shit i have to watch that again because i i did notice the the wallpaperiness of the bathroom at the beginning looks like um like steak <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but i missed the swastikas yeah, it's very yeah. easy to miss it's uh, once again it's not they're like projected next to each other so it looks like some escher-esque like transitional okay theme, but it's yeah, it's, uh, yeah. i don't know if that was on purpose or not but it is very very unfortunate but okay i saw it on imdb as well in the trivia oh, really? section okay. that, that Damn, so it, okay. it wasn't just us <laughs> oh yeah it's uh, yeah but the problem indeed is in the is when uh like yeah what what is the saving grace of this movie for me once again oh this industry bad is sadly then indeed like handled so poorly that. I don't know, and it itself doesn't know either. I would argue the director definitely doesn't know. Yeah, um, that's like, oh, how do we deal with plastic surgery once again? And because 
because the axis of this movie is, hey, this industry bad, and look what it is making these women do. They are like, you know, allowing themselves to be scalpeled opened and like, you know, uh, it's and having but their bodies changed and like put ungodly things into them like silicones, woo, and like all all that kind of bad stuff. Yeah, and, and like, oh well, that's that's unfortunate because now we are you don't understand how to navigate the, this thing that we indicated earlier, like wholesale bad or wholesale good binary. Like, they, this movie doesn't know how to navigate right. any of that. Yeah, because plastic surgery, like, being anti-plastic surgery is, like, My top obvious. surgery was plastic surgery. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's no. super gender essentialist. Like, <laughs> I mean, I had my lips done a couple months ago, and it is oh, yeah. actually very gender-affirming to me as, like, a a high femme <laughs> you know like i um i think that they're it's a very like extremely dated like third wave feminism kind of like you know instead of like tackling the system of like what makes people unsatisfied with their bodies it's just being like oh you're a vapid piece of shit if you want to get like anything done to your body that's different like that's not really how it should be like yeah top surgery should be free and it makes it also, mine also, was uh, technically but... nice, <laughs> nice. <laughs> but for a lot Thanks of people insurance. it's not yeah yeah and i mean then, a lot of people have to do GoFundMes for them yeah. you know oh, which yeah. is like fucked up um, yeah, but yeah, my surgeon was a plastic surgeon. Like, yeah, I mean, you that can is barely pla- see my scar. Oh yeah, like... it's very much plastic surgery. Um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, getting like uh, you know, your uh, jawline shaved down obviously is plastic surgery too. But like, that can be mm-hmm. extremely gender affirming for people, and like, we shouldn't be like this bad. It part of you know, like beauty industry bad. Like, it's obviously way more complicated than that um yeah and and like yeah there is that thing where you're like oh sarah gets to make it because Gigi's too fake like she's (laughs) too full of plastic so she couldn't like handle jesse's natural beauty i don't know if that's i hope that's not what he's saying but like yeah there is the implication of that and if the movie is saying that, does is the movie showing that that is also bad? Right. Because right? that's it just might... what the standards of the industry are. Yeah. And then if the little swastikas in there are like <laughs> the end, the end little like, uh, I don't know, just a little nod, then like, her okay, body that's was very, when she fell down in the pool, the way her body was laid out was also very. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When uh, yeah, Jesse falls into, gets yeah. pulled in, a fish push into the. Uh... Well, that's once again. Uh, I would I would wrap it up on that notion as well. If you guys have anything else to say about that, but I think indeed the ending with like Gigi throwing up, then mm-hmm. sadly doesn't work. And I would also say that uh, we we could have made Jesse maybe a bit more sympathetic. Once again, she is sympathetic, but she is kind of mean at the end, unnecessarily so. <laughs> it doesn't really make sense that she's like, yeah, actually, I am more beautiful than you guys because she has this speech. It's very dramatic. My mom says I'm dangerous. Yeah, that, I thought that was stupid. <laughs> I did not like that part at all. Like, why does your mom say? Like, why did she have to throw that in there? I just don't get it. My dad, mom actually said that I'm dangerous. So, I'm, yeah, I was like, did mom? you kill like, her? 
Yeah. Like if she had Maybe. been like, my mom said I was dangerous and it's true because I pushed her over like a <laughs> cliff. Like, I don't know. Maybe that would be interesting. But like. That'd be cool. Yeah. yeah. Like lots of people think that beautiful women are dangerous and that's like not interesting. Yeah. And like, it annihilates <laughs> this like, uh, once again, it's to me, it doesn't. But to your general audience, it might obfuscate her victim mood. Because she's mm-hmm. like embracing, like, hey, actually, the the you should fear me, and like, the, the, she gives them a very odd quasi, uh, um, reason to like devour her. Yeah, because she's like, hey, actually, I'm gonna take your jobs. I'm gonna like, actually, I'm gonna like, you know, put you out of work because I'm so pretty, and like, it's it's just I'm like ah uh, ah maybe maybe just like then depict her as like being torn apart by this industry in which uh, Gigi and the others one are are agents of mm-hmm. and she just like actually no you i'm i'm going to like in a way like in a very capitalist way devour you make you less because i am make i'm taking your jobs which is a very interesting american narrative taking other people's jobs that's that's, well, <laughs> that's mm. yeah like like this the movie immigrants are taking our jobs no <laughs> yeah like like, like this movie doesn't quite understand that all of their actions like obviously we are all responsible for what we do under capitalism individually but also like it's it, not that anything that they do is justified but like they are also victims of this system forced to act out in certain ways um and so it's like i don't think this film quite makes that connection like it it's like okay yes these women are doing awful things to each other um because of what the system does to them but it doesn't like go the next step of like they're all victims under this system and are like yeah what they do is not necessarily because that's what they want or that it's personal, but like, because they are forced to do so under these conditions and under the system, like it, it doesn't like if it, if it understood that that's what was going on, um, I think it would have clicked. It would have been an excellent movie. Yeah, Maybe. no, it would have been great. Maybe. But I think, yeah, Maybe. I think so. Yeah. There's a much better fucked up, like anti-work. <laughs> lesbian cannibal movie in there Hell somewhere. Yeah. Without, it just needs with to be Keanu set free. Uh, Keanu Reeves can stay. Okay. I like how <laughs> fucked up and weird he is in it. Like, he pr- he brings the energy of, like, showing how fucked up and weird this all is that, like, this movie needed. And I feel like mm-hmm. some of the other actors, or the, at least the way their characters were written, didn't quite... They didn't lean into it enough. And he was like, I'm gonna be weird and creepy, and, like, leaned into it. And it it works like it paid off i thought yeah well why is the mountain lion the most interesting character though oh god Um, that mountain lion (laughs) i really yeah there's a mountain lion in this by the way loved the mountain lion i loved it that's the that's the demon you would be shocked how underpaid mountain lions are in this industry (laughs) they should go on strike they should yeah That's a real wildcat strike, if you will. Oh, (laughs) okay, it's over. (laughs) Thank you, everyone. Uh, uh, How long were you sitting on that, Leon? (laughs) (laughs) And it's somewhere in my notes. I was like, "Mm, let's just toss it in at the end. Why not? (laughs) No, uh, go find tender subjects uh, wherever podcasts are found. I believe. 
Yeah. I believe you guys are available on any. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. Once again, me and Frank are on there. If nothing else, go listen to those. If nothing else. else you know. <laughs> uh, you know. How dare you? <laughs> and then we've both separately been on this show. Before. Yeah. Yeah. Many times. A couple times. Yeah. 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 We. I do love the continuation of weird body horror type stuff that Kate has brought on to and has facilitated <laughs> on this podcast. And, Yay! Uh, uh, yeah, no, I... And then I, and I'm like, let's bring in the fucked up weird queer shit. <laughs> yeah, no, so why not? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> uh, th- this movie is a very interesting intersection between Crimes of the Future and Velvet Goldmine, out of the thing. Yeah, yeah, actually. It really is. <laughs> yeah. But not sadly in a good way, which is the point of this episode, I think. That's uh This is that, the that, most th- frustrating movie. <laughs> it's uh yeah, it's like being edged but in a bad way. And that's my final take <laughs> on this episode, on this uh movie. So yeah, uh thank you so much for listening, everybody. And then a subject, thank you so much for being here. I can off the spooky week of thank uh, you. Of, yeah. Of, of, of this month this podcast whatever uh stay tuned for a a another uh fucked up uh thing called the law that's weird that's fucked up Uh-oh. uh with with a group of people that is like uh let's say a uh like the first of horror like a vanguard if you will and oh wow yeah, oh. we're gonna All talk right. about my <laughs> my favorite fucked up boy my favorite weird little guy called franz kafka and we're going to talk oh, about yeah. the trial. And nice, uh, I hope nice. we will get, see you guys there. Spooky. <laughs> okay, Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.